Mormonism 101, a book by Mormonism Research Ministries, Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson, has helped many who want to understand what separates Mormonism from the Christian faith. Mormonism 101 is available at your favorite Christian bookstore or online at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at a talk that was given back on February 6, 2022, by Dr. Brad Wilcox, a very popular speaker in The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is a professor at Brigham Young University, but not only that, he is the second counselor in the Young Men General Presidency of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not a general authority position, but certainly it is a position that many members look up to. And obviously, the church takes Brad Wilcox seriously. They've had him speak in general conference before. But this talk that he gave was at a church fireside, and he was addressing a number of young people. Obviously, the theme of his talk was trying to prevent young people from jumping ship and leaving the church. So he is going to present his case using the word gospel. And as we've shown, the first letter G in gospel stood for Godhead. And today we're going to look at the letter O that Wilcox says stands for only true church. And he starts this off by asking the question, how many of you have ever heard somebody testify that this is the only true church? How many have ever said those words? Yeah, we hear them. We say them all the time. But some people get kind of bent out of shape when you say those words. And he goes on and says, and we sure don't want anybody to feel bad because we say we're the only true church. The reason that people get uptight is because they don't understand why we say it. We're not having a competition. Then he goes on and says, we're not screaming, we're number one, saying we're better than everybody else. We're saying we're the only true church in a spirit of invitation. Now, when he says we're not saying that we're better than everybody else, we're saying we're the only true church in a spirit of invitation. I'm sorry, but I got to roll my eyes on that one because I can't recall any time when I was told by a Latter-day Saint that their church was the only true church on earth, that it was said in a way of inviting me to come. Because when they imply that their church, their organization is the only true organization or church, obviously they're implying that my church or where I fellowship is wrong. Now, let's again go back to what is the New Testament understanding of the word church. It basically is speaking of a congregation. It is speaking of the body of Christ, individuals who have been forgiven of their sins. These congregations have geographic locations. This is why Paul, in some of his epistles, starts off by saying, "...to the church located or the church at." 
it means that there are a group of believers that happen to be in that particular geographic location. It is not, according to the New Testament, an organization by any means. In Mormonism, it most certainly is, and Brad Wilcox doesn't seem to be denying that in this section. But when he says we're the only true church is said in a spirit of invitation, is that really how this concept has been put across by leaders in the church? All we need do is go back and see what some leaders have said about this to see that it's not understood by many Latter-day Saints as something that is a spirit of invitation. Let me give you third president John Taylor, who wrote in the Journal of Discourses, volume 13, page 225. This was from 1870. What does the Christian world know about God? Nothing. Yet these very men assume the right and power to tell others what they shall not believe in. Why, so far as the things of God are concerned, they are the veriest of fools. They know neither God nor the things of God. Doesn't sound very flattering, does it, according to John Taylor? President Joseph F. Smith says something very similar. This is in 1891 at a state conference message that's found in Collected Discourses, Volume 2, page 305. For I contend that the Latter-day Saints are the only good and true Christians that I know anything about in the world. There are a good many people who profess to be Christians, but they are not founded on the foundation that Jesus Christ himself has laid. Now, when someone says that the Latter-day Saints are the only good and true Christians, how could you not be somewhat offended by a statement like that? This is why I think when Brad Wilcox says that, well, we say we're the only true church, but it's being said in a spirit of invitation, I tend to question that, especially when you look at this statement by George Q. Cannon, who was a member of the First Presidency back in the 19th century. This is in the Journal of Discourses, volume 24, page 185. He said, I do not wish to say anything in relation to other forms of religion. I do not know that it is necessary that I should do so. But no thinking man can admit that Christianity, so-called, I call it false Christianity, untrue to its name, satisfies the wants of humanity at the present time. It is not a religion that satisfies. Now, the reason why I think that quotation becomes pertinent in this context is because that's exactly what Brad Wilcox is trying to get across. Once you leave the only true church, you have nothing to look forward to in your life. You're giving up everything because nothing outside of this church will satisfy you. And that only makes sense, Bill, because you have what's called the Great Apostasy, And it wasn't until Joseph Smith restored the church. I don't think Latter-day Saints realize how they really are exclusive, that when they say, we are Christian just like you, that's not really meant if the great apostasy is true, because we all are in a lie as evangelical Christians if we're believing opposite of what Mormonism teaches. Especially when you look at this statement by Parley Pratt in his book, Key to the Science of Theology. This is the 1978 edition, and it's found on page 68. He said, the sooner the present generation lose all reverence and respect for modern Christianity with all its powerless forms and solemn mockeries, the sooner they will be prepared to receive the kingdom of God. Now, to better understand what Pratt is meaning here, the phrase kingdom of God 
he understood that to mean the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They look at their church as being the kingdom of God. So when a Latter-day Saint says to you that their church is the only true church on the face of the earth, citing from the Doctrine and Covenants, you have to ask yourself, is it being said in the spirit of invitation, or are they in fact trying to denigrate what you believe and the congregation in which you belong. My experience is it's usually the latter. I can't even think of a time when I was talking to a Latter-day Saint where they used the expression, we're the only true church, as a means of enticing me or inviting me into the church. Why? Because that kind of wording does tend to offend people, because if you're thinking rationally, if they think their congregation or their organization is the only true church, they must be implying that your congregation or your denominational church must be false. That's not very inviting. If you're going to say that what I believe is false, I don't mind that so much, as long as we can talk about why you think that. Give me an opportunity to hear what you have to say, and then hopefully give me an opportunity to respond to what you say. I don't have a problem with that. Maybe I'm different, Eric. Maybe we're different because of what we do, but we normally don't get easily offended, perhaps because we've heard this so many times over and over again. But I can't imagine a person talking to their Latter-day Saint neighbor and hearing their neighbor tell them that they belong to the only true church. I don't know if that would come off as being a nice invitation. I think there are times where we wish that there were men like Bruce R. McConkie still around who were telling it as it was. And as you said, I don't think we get offended. Okay, so there was an apostasy. You believe that your church is the one true church. I don't have a problem with that. I disagree. But uh, when Bruce R. McConkie says in Mormon Doctrine, page 269, and virtually all the millions of apostate Christendom have abased themselves before the mythical throne of a mythical Christ, whom they vainly suppose to be a spirit essence who is incorporeal, uncreated, immaterial, and three in one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. We were talking yesterday about this idea of the Godhead. He says, this is not the view we have. We completely reject that. I would rather the leaders tell us that rather than make it appear that we're Christians just like you. And yet, Bruce McConkie, a Mormon apostle, like Brad Wilcox, gets it wrong regarding what we do believe regarding the Godhead, because we do believe that Jesus rose bodily, that he would be corporeal, not incorporeal, as McConkie claims. But then, Wilcox goes on to cite President Boyd K. Packer. And Packer said, truth is like a piano keyboard. Some churches play a few notes, some churches play several octaves, but we're the only church that has a whole piano. And then Wilcox continues and says, so when we are saying we're the only true church, we're just inviting people to come and see what we can add to the truths that already fill their lives. Yeah, well, let, let me stop you there, Eric, because truth is like a piano keyboard. Okay, some churches play a few notes, some churches play several octaves, but we're the only church that has a whole piano. Why does that even come off as a bit condescending? I can only imagine they're looking at, they're playing on a big, huge grand piano, and we're playing on one of those little tiny toy kinds that have that high-pitched stinking sound. Obviously, that's condescending. And he finishes his thought by saying, I don't want to lose the whole piano. You walk away from the church, say goodbye to the whole piano. Have fun playing chopsticks for the rest of your life. I don't want to play chopsticks for the rest of my life. For that's all that we as Christians have is the ability to play chopsticks. They can play the whole song. We only can play a part of it. 
we have to keep in mind, he's speaking to a group of kids trying to con- convince them not to consider leaving the church. But you're right. When he says, have fun playing chopsticks the rest of your life, you mean to tell me that Wilcox doesn't think that's what you and I are doing as evangelical Christians, not having all that he thinks his church has? Yeah, he looks at us as merely playing chopsticks. It kind of goes along with what he cited earlier with Boyd Packer, having the whole piano. It's that same kind of condescending attitude of, we're university level, you're high school. Now, I've had Latter-day Saints say that to me. Now, thankfully, not a lot of them, but I have had, I have had people say that. Is that supposed to be taken as an invitation? Well, we have the whole piano. You're just playing chopsticks. That's not something that's enticing to me. That's not inviting. Maybe in the mind of Brad Wilcox, he thinks that's inviting. But how does that come across to those of us who are on the outside? He's not on the outside, so maybe he's not really looking at it the way we would. But when they come across as saying, well, we're the only true church, I think statements from the past leadership of the church, as well as even this chopstick statement here, is implying that even though you say you're not saying you're better than everybody else, you really are saying you are better than everybody else. On Monday, we're going to continue looking at this talk given by Brad Wilcox at this fireside on February 6, 2022. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website, at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.